Hey everyone, this is Anthony Grant, and I want to introduce you all to this podcast. It's called Superstar PR, and it's all about entertainment insider chats with Nikki, the founder of the PR agency, Nikki Inc. This podcast chats with some serious entertainers and media insiders, always choosing people who are making a difference in the entertainment world and who have cool stories to share. Happy listening. Hi, guys. Welcome to another episode of Superstar PR Season 2. Wow. My name is Nikki Papayuanu, and I'm your host for this podcast. Today's guest is an award-winning actress based in Toronto. A shout-out to my favorite city. She's best known for her debut playing the lead role of Ruby in the feature film Pure Lane, which premiered at the Ottawa Canadian Film Festival in 2018. Her debut film, Pure Lane, went on to win five awards at the 2019 Ottawa Film Festival, and I heard there were a few standing ovations taking place. Guys, it brings me so much joy to introduce you to the amazing Celestine Caravaggio. I love her last name. <laughs> Celestine, how are you? with an accent. I Thank can't you. help it, right? Like, I don't it's know. beautiful. How do other people say that? Yeah. And yeah, well, yeah. I mean... <laughs> like, how do you say your last name? I say... Caravaggio, oh, which okay. some people um, enunciate the I at the end, okay. Caravaggio, but okay. if you were like Italian, you it would just kind of roll, Caravaggio, um, and sometimes I get Celestine, which I think is beautiful too, Celestine. because it's Celestine, Celestina, <laughs> or Celestine, if it was like French. How does so your mom say it? My mom calls me Tin. <laughs> oh my god, that's so cute. We won't call you Tin. She's Filipino, so, so I mean, they... they cut everything off and they change it and they, you know they make diff- they make cute ways of saying your name and then it sticks with you whatever you had as a baby that they called you Tintin, that's what my mother continues to call me oh my god I, I think that's so cute i know so talk to us about how you started acting because i think it's the best story ever <laughs> honestly i don't know if it's a tragic story or if it's a happy story but i I literally worked uh, doing very uh, something very similar to what you were doing many years ago as a publicist. And um, when I was out, you know, publicizing other artists and actors, there were people on television that used to tell me all the time, Celestine, you should be on camera. You should be on camera. And I, I thought it was is going to be something I would I would go into. I was really in love with the arts which is why I worked for a major record label and I loved music and but I never thought I was gonna you know do anything to promote myself and be an artist myself even though that was something that I loved to do I was always told as a a young child in a from a Filipino family that you had to do something substantially be a doctor or a nurse work in the medical profession something that was um just more of a a bullseye in terms of how are you going to make a living and um, I was always in love with the arts, and I always played music. I play guitar, and I sing, and I'm a, I'm a pianist. But um, you know, I after I had I stayed home as a stay at home mom after my career in the music business, um, I realized like I really have to get something else going. My kids are growing. I'm no longer married, and I just thought, you know, this is probably a good time to reinvent myself and. I, I took a year and I said, okay, I'm just going to put myself in art. And I painted. I became an abstract visual painter and I was playing the guitar again. And I took Italian classes and I was, just, I took a year and I was like, I'm going to feel my way through what I'm going to do in my life. And I'm not kidding you. A friend of mine who's a director, she just said to me, Celestine, you know, I, we're both stay at home mom. 
moms, what are we going to do um, in this next stage in our lives? And, um, and I said, you know, I, I'm really exploring this becoming a host thing. Um, and, uh, she said to me, well, let me write something. And, and uh, she was, she was a director and she's like, let me write something and let's just, uh, make a demo, you know, something for your demo, something for my demo and run with it. It was the most organic experience. And, um, I, I walked away with a product that I can be like, oh, this is what I look like on camera. This is what I, I, I can do. And with that, I started just uploading a profile on this actor's website. It's like non-union actors could go on this thing and try to get work so that they can keep building their portfolio. And I got on there and I haven't looked back. I I started booking solid, like people were just asking me to do stuff. So I was building and building and building at such a fast rate. And, um, and then I thought, oh, if I could do this on my own without um, representation, what would happen if I found an agent? So I looked for an agent thinking that I really wanted to be this on-camera host. And then she threw me into these like acting opportunities. I was auditioning for commercials. And then I was like, oh my God, I'm, I'm, I'm booking a commercial a week. And people are starting to see me, like my family and friends are starting to see me. And then I thought, wait, this might actually be something, you know, like I'm actually making money from, from doing this. So that's kind of, that's the long-winded version of how it all got started. No, I like it because, you know, I think that something my mother always says is when you're doing what you're supposed to be doing, doors open. That's when you're felt. doing That's what, what you're not felt. supposed to do, it feels hard. Yeah. This is amazing. Now, yeah. are you juggling? Because I know you're a single mom. Does it feel like you're juggling? Um, you know, it's interesting that you asked that question because I do feel like I juggle. I feel like we're built as women to innately constantly be juggling um but I do do what I love and um I have so much fire right now like that's one thing that's always been true to my character is that I've always been if I really am interested in something I know this is identifiable for a lot of people but when I'm really into something and I believe in something I don't stop and it's not really work for me anymore and I bring my kids into it right so I mean yeah it's hard because I I want to um I want to to be able to still sustain all of the usual mom type roles. But what I've committed to is that also developing myself and my career as a single mother and my kids watching me uh, grow in this artistic form and and to be uh, growing my career. I also believe that that's good for them, too. And that teaches them um, some tools, you know, in, in, in the big world. So I don't actually feel like I'm you know, I'm going against the grain in any way, shape or form. I think that this is time for all of us. I love it. What can you tell our audience about projects you're working on right now? Right. So um, I'm obviously very, very proud of this independent film called Pure Lane um, that I shot. Actually, it's been a couple years now, but it's really hitting the festival circuit now. And it's, um, you know, it's a beautiful independent film by a Canadian director by the name of Alexander Cruz and he's from Ottawa and um, it's very festival-y in, in its feel. Um, it's black, shot in black and white 
And it's about um, a woman, a Filipino woman who comes to Canada, marries a French Canadian um, guy, brings her son here, and it's which is a typical experience uh, for a lot of immigrant Filipinas. Um, and it, it that project is 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 really starting to make its waves now. Um, we just uh, screened in Madrid at the Madrid International Film Festival. It's done a bunch of different small festivals here in Canada. We're going to be in San Francisco at um, another Filipino international cinefest called Fascine Cinefest in a couple of weeks. So, you know, I'm really proud of that film because it's sort of giving me a platform to, you know, to be in, in this film space, but also get the word out there that, listen, I'm Filipina and um, I'm from Canada. And it's, it's a there's a lot of parallels that are drawn in that project for me, for sure. On top of that, I have a couple of sort of more commercial mainstream movies, two Christmas movies, one called Baby in a Manger, and the other one is called Christmas Recipe for Romance that are releasing on Super Channel in the U.S. in December, which I'm really proud of because they were, um, I always wanted to do soap opera type uh movies and I mean I would still love to do a soap opera today uh, so those are, are sort of more indigenous and uh, to that commercial world that that I've been so successful uh, in and um, I am recurring on a on a very big evening drama series on the CBC that I can't really talk about yet um, I also did um, a couple of roles on an Amazon Prime series the number one Amazon Prime series <laughs> I can't talk about that yet either. Um, but uh, yeah, I would say that I'm busy and I'm trekking along. And uh, as I was talking to somebody else um, outside in your waiting room, I was just like, you know, I just feel so grateful to be working and I can't wait to tell you all about it. Oh, it's funny, guys. I didn't mean to tease my audience and be like, what can't you tell us? But you can tell us. But don't worry. We're going to have Celestine on again. Now, Celestine, I want to ask you. Who is it that you most admire in your industry? Is there an actor or actress and you kind of look at them and you say, okay, you, you are somebody I want to be like. Wow. Hmm. I haven't really thought about that. Well, I, I mean, I, we started today and, and uh, Melissa Grello was here and um, she just comes top of mind for me because when I worked in the music business, she was just starting out and uh, she was an on-camera host and she's also of mixed Filipina descent and she's she's on a, a huge show called The Social Year in Canada now. Um, I look at that path and I think, wow, it's interesting what the parallel is for me. Um, and I, I feel really grateful that you you brought me here today on, um, you know, and such an opportune day for me to meet someone like her because I have been following her career and she's young. She's, she, I mean, we're in the same age range and we're both moms and I feel really connected to her. And, and, you know, it's funny cause we were having a conversation outside in, in the green room. And, um, you know, I said to her, I have been following your career and I, I'm, I'm, I feel so grateful for the opportunity to to express, uh, you know, my congrats to you for being able to have worked this long. And she said, you know, uh, the one thing I will say about doing live TV, which resonated for me, she said, is that like it's really just opened up the opened up the floodgates in terms of things I can do outside of this on-camera career. And I said, of course, I mean, philanthropy and, um, you know, just building her brand and her profile in terms of brand, um, 
brand opportunities, I said, you know, that's, that's, it takes a businesswoman uh, to be able to think that way. And um, so I would say, you know, I want to say Melissa's really painted a strategy in terms of how she's built her career for me. I look at that and I look how she's done things and I, I really admire her business sense. There are a lot of people right now and faces that we're seeing in cinema, and I, I think cinema's changing. And mm-hmm. that makes me very happy because, mm-hmm. you know, as an immigrant, I can tell you that growing up, I didn't really look like a lot of people I saw on TV. And I hear that from a lot of other people. And I get really happy knowing that you're going to be on TV. I'm going to be watching you on TV because you're changing what is normal. You know, I wanted to maybe do this many, many years ago. Uh, I, I wanted to be an artist many years ago. But there is something about the timing of things. You know, I probably wouldn't have the same talent that I have today as a as an actress had I not gone through so many years of training. Living my life was training. But I think that it's really interesting, uh, you know, the diversity that, that we see in television right now it's great I, I yeah and just that the, a lot of the hollywood projects that i work on are, are just like okay she's got the look i'm like what's the look and they're like well you identify with just about every american i'm like okay it's great and canadian yeah. so there's that rep- representation for sure but it's amazing yeah i, I love it i i'm so grateful okay now i want to ask you dead or alive there's somebody in the world of entertainment that you could have lunch with and i could make it happen for you let's say in this magical world who would it be Hmm, dead or alive? I'm going to say Clive Davis. Wow, talk to me. Yeah, so Clive Davis um, has been a huge music mogul for everybody. He's responsible for like Whitney Houston and Bon Jovi and Aretha Franklin. And and he's really honed the careers, the musical careers of these people. But just imagine, like I look at him today and he's just this old Jewish guy. And... um, I just wonder how was it that he was able to hand pluck all of this great talent um, just being the kind of person that he is. I, I would love to sit down with him and, and just pick his brain and uh, try to understand his psyche, <laughs> see what it is that people are so attracted to and what his power is in terms of finding talent and developing talent. Alicia Keys is another name like just wow. Yeah, huge. J Records and yeah. Amazing. You know what? I think um, I'm starting to look at people and try and find the sparkle in them and see what people are good at. And I think everybody's really good at something. But I'm just really lucky to be working in the world of publicity where I have all these creatives in my life. And I don't know, like this very nurturing vibe comes out of me. Like I want to feed all of you guys and I want all of you guys to get amazing interviews. Ah, the life of a publicist. (laughs) Oh, Celestine, best career advice you've been given. The best advice that I've ever been given was also know the business and um, know how to function and move within that business. And that will help you build the strategy to be successful within that business. That was something I learned working in the music business. And I think that it it translates as well um, in the theatrical world that I move in. No, that's a really good point you make because one of our previous guests, Devo Brown, had said, you know what, I didn't start off on TV, but I got to know TV so well that I was kind of like the person that had to be there. When the position was open, who better than the one who knew TV so well? Right thinking about future projects and if you could design one or just kind of speak about one you dream of what would you love to work on with who 
every single one of Shonda Rhimes uh, properties from how to get away with murder to scandal to Grey's Anatomy. That is the ultimate dream uh, to work with Shonda Rhimes for sure. But if, if it were a short term opportunity, I'd love to get on working moms. I've auditioned for this show so many times. Oh my God, I want that for you because it's my life. But imagine you could be on there. You know, the casting director, Lisa Paris, and I've been in front of her on several occasions. She actually um, uh, cast me for the CBC drama series that I'm on right now. Uh, But she's brought me in, I would say about four times for four different roles on Working Moms. And I, for whatever reason, didn't make the cut. Uh, The experience has been phenomenal though. But, and if I could get on that show, like I, I love that show. Oh my God. I, I want that, that for show. you. I want that for you because I was told and my sister said I had to watch it. I watched it and I was like, that stresses me out. It's my life. <laughs> that's, that's my life. It doesn't stress me out anymore. Life. It's just my life. It's real. Yeah. Like it's amazing. And funny. And so dry, funny. funny. Like so good. So well shot in Toronto too, which would be amazing. Yes. And it's funny that I watched that with my husband and he didn't laugh once. But I was laughing so hard I was crying. It's funny because I've heard other guy friends of mine that have watched it think, oh my God, that is like so funny. <laughs> you also do something that's really close to the heart. You know, your son is is somebody living with Dravet syndrome. Dravet. Dravet, Dravet sorry, I said, no, I said no, that wrong. It, it, Dravet. It's okay. I mean, most people say that book because um, she, Dr. Dravet is French. Ah, okay. Uh, Thank so you. So that's why we kind of take off the tea. Got it. Dravet syndrome. Dravet syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, you do a lot in that in that space. Do you want to yeah. tell our listeners yeah, kind of what that world I, looks like? Thank you for giving me the platform to talk about it because that's sort of just the goal in life. I don't do anything as an actress without that in my heart. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I, a lot of people kind of want to grow their acting careers so that they can be whatever famous or that they can, you know, continue to work, which is is something that I'd like to do is to be able to continue working. But, um, I actually am doing what I'm doing and growing my career because I really want to raise awareness for Dravet syndrome. And and more importantly, um, I want to raise awareness about, you know, what it's like being a caregiver to a child with special needs. Um, so, I mean, I'll start with Dravet syndrome as a severe um, form of infantile epilepsy. And it starts with a gene um, that's uh, a gene mutation that uh, basically mixes up your DNA and you start with a normal brain, but then you eventually, eventually your, your brain deteriorates over time with uh, you know, very long prolonged seizures is what they call it. Um, so along with that is, you know, various delays and it is, a, it is a spectrum disorder. So, um, you know, there's a lot of, a lot of things that you have to deal with, but, you know, I think what I've kind of zeroed in on is that it's really tough to be a parent to a child with special needs and you have to have, it takes a village. You have to have a lot of support and some families just don't have that. You know, some parents, I was lucky enough that I could stay home and take care of my my children uh, when they were young. Uh, But, you know, I spent so much time in the hospital that I spent a lot of time with other families and talking to doctors. And, um, you know, often doctors would ask me, do you mind talking to this family here because they're really struggling? And it's, you know, it's an emotional struggle. Some of them are trying to, you know, hold full-time jobs, raise other children, 
you know, and there, you know, imagine if English isn't your first language and you're trying to navigate through our convoluted system. I found it was difficult for me and I have a really strong sense of communication. So imagine these other families where, you know, let's just say there are other underlining issues of mental health or other family members with health issues, a parent with, you know, uh, the parent themselves has, has health issues and they're trying to take care of their children. So I really, um, you know, felt like that is is the space that I want to lend my my time to um and uh, I learned a lot in, in in my process and I'm still going through a ton of healing uh but I'm able to do a lot of things I can you know grow my career and I can do my art and I can do all these things so I I really want to convey to those families and these caregivers that that's also really important is that you have to you have to almost um you know fill up your tank uh, before you can go out and 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 do the work that that your child needs Uh, so I, i i've really taken that on um as an awareness vehicle moving forward i want people to know you know that if you've got people in your life that um you know, instead of staring at the at them when they walk down the street, just say hi, you know, let them know that we got this, like we're here for you. And I always had people ask me, you know, how can I help? How can I help? How can I help? Because people just don't know how to help. And, you know, sometimes it's just, you know, help me with time or, you know, I've got, I've got something that that's really dear to me, support me in that. Um, yeah. That's what I well, want. You know what? No, that's, it's, it's a really kind of, it's, it's good for you to share that with everyone because, you know, I know everybody is well-intentioned and probably wants to help, they but do. they wouldn't know in their capacity where to start. Right. So if somebody could say to you, listen, I'm going to come over, go get a coffee, go to the bookstore. Sometimes distractions are nice. I'll come right? play a board game. Yeah. Like... It, sometimes it's just like, I remember we were in the thick of it. I was, uh, you know, my kid was in and out of the ICU on a regular basis for seizures that were just like heartbreaking. And um, I remember, you know, there were some couples of my husband and I at the time who would just be like, as they were going, we're taking out for a really nice dinner, you know, and we go to a, like a really fancy restaurant. And it's not what you're spending on us. It's just that you like thought of something that, you know, would take our mind off of things for a minute and give us an experience that is so far. Like it makes me well up just thinking. No, about, totally, totally. It's very human. It's a yeah, very human people thing. Are, are willing to extend, you know, and sometimes, sometimes like even little things like that um, aren't intuitive because you just don't know how you, well, what can I do? What can I do? I mean, and that's why I, I started fundraising. I did a benefit concert several years ago that I'm really proud of it we raised quite a bit of money for um, Holland Bloorview Kids Rehab Hospital. And, you know, I was like, you all wanted to know how you can help. This is how, you know, make this really amazing for us. And, and let's try to give back in a way. This is how you can help. And it didn't take much, you know, I sold tickets for about 40 bucks a pop. And, and every, I, I'll never forget who supported. Wow. So, yeah. What's her son's name? 
Tommaso. Tommaso. Yeah. Oh, Tommaso. <laughs> he's, okay. a, he's an angel. He's so cute. An Can we angel. meet him one day? Yes. Oh, yes. I Nicholas would. would love Tommaso. Oh, he would. He would. And he's, Nicholas is really good with Tommaso. And he's just so gentle and bright. Like, he, he literally will be the best part of your day if you meet him. Oh, I love yeah. you, Tommaso. I can't wait to meet you. Yeah. Okay, so Celestine, you tell our listeners where they can find you now. Okay, so my I love Instagram. I It's become a bit of a TV show for me. <laughs> but you can find me on Instagram at, at Selly Kara. It's literally the first four letters of my first name and the first four letters of my last name. C-E-L-E-C-A-R-A. At Selly Kara. And website? Uh, com. Amazing. Thank you so much for joining us on Superstar PR. I have Thanks a feeling you're going to be back. Keep on shining, Celestine. Got a bad show. I love your last much. name. Thanks for tuning in to Superstar PR. New episodes are available every other Friday. And you know, we would love your feedback. So please rate and review us on Apple Podcast. And be sure to subscribe to Superstar PR on your favorite streaming service and visit www.nikkiinc.ca to sign up for podcast alerts and notifications. Thank you so much for listening.